0: The Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim came to Houston and they got framborized. Actually, they got annihilated, swept by the Houston Astros. A walk-off win today by the rookie. We set strikeout records, another quality start. And look who is here. Eric, the man Heisman, all the way from the international season on his trip, looking for treasure, swastbuckling with the Pirates in the Seas. He did all kinds of fun stuff, but he's back here because you know why? He loves Astros baseball, and you do too. Sit back, let's have some fun, and talk about a nice sweep of the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. Let's go. Hello and welcome to Locked on Astros, your daily Astros podcast. Here are your hosts, Eric, the man Heisman, and Brett, H-Town wheelhouse
1: chancy. We are Locked on Houston Astros, and we hope that you join us for daily Locked on Astros podcast. My name is Eric Heisman. You can find me on Twitter at Strokes. Find the show at Locked Astros. Your team every day. Brett, where can you find you at?
0: They can find me at H-Town Wheelhouse on Twitter and Instagram, and at 411 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Always positive, always Stros.
1: All right, I traveled the great seas of the Caribbean. I went to uh, Cozumel, went to Grand Cayman, went to Jamaica. And I I just wanted to come back home and be able to see the Astros play some baseball. And I got to see a little bit of the Yankees game the other day, the last uh, game of the series. And that was a good win. I saw Ryan Presley strike out uh, or win, uh, get the, the final out. And it was a good series against the Yankees. And then for the Astros to do what they did against the uh, just everything here against the um, Angels. The Angels were supposed to be a good team. Mike Trout was supposed to be good. There's just so much to talk about and it was just a, it's just a great time to be Astros fan and it's good time to bet on them. And today's episode is brought to you by bet online, bet online has you covered this season with more props, odds and lines than ever before bet online where the game starts and don't forget to um if you haven't um where what are you waiting on are you do you need brett to come to your house and just say hey let me go ahead and uh, walk you through how to subscribe to us just go to youtube search on locked on astros and just go ahead and hit the subscribe button give us a like while you're there and go ahead and go to apple odyssey and everything like you um and make us your first listen every day and uh, brett was so excited about uh, the win today that he's like eric let me come on a show i know i'm supposed to be on vacation but let me come on the show and let me go and talk about this excellent uh, walk off home run off of ryan freaking tapera who said this that guy. there's something fishy going on in houston you know what's fishy you're pitching
0: You know, it's fishy as Mike Trout (laughs) is hitting, he is in some sort of a slump. You know, during the game, Todd Callis talked about his hitting, and apparently Trout said before the game yesterday that he's been working on correcting something in his stance. And I don't know if you saw his facial expressions, but throughout the entire series, um, he has looked very uncomfortable, very un-Mike Trout-like. Shohei Otani, and him both don't do great at Minute Maid Park. I think, gosh, he was hitting, um, Trout was hitting 217 coming into this weekend, Minute Maid Park. I guarantee that average dropped, like the bottom fell out of it. It was, it was unreal. Seven straight at bats with a strikeout. Yeah. And I mean, he just looked absolutely pedestrian. Baseball is a weird game like that. You know, Eric, this game for a while, I really thought once Framer got his tenth strikeout, I was like, "Is he going to strike out double-digit batters and us going to lose two to one or two nothing?" I just didn't see the Astros' offense come to life until later. Suarez, he is a guy that has been up and down five different times between AAA and the major league club, and today he had his changeup working, he had his off-speed stuff working, and it really had the Astros befuddled, you know, for lack of better terms, and. You wondered, okay, was this going to be their glit down game? This is great, Eric. This is their fourth win in a row. Okay, where they've scored seven runs or more. Remember, it would they used to be like two and thirteen or, or whatever. Now they've they've won four games in a row where they've scored seven runs or more, and they've really turned the corner and that the tide has turned. And this team's really starting to hit his stride. I mean, I'm not saying you need to go on another cruise, but if you went on another cruise, I wonder how much better the Astros could get.
1: Okay, well, um, we'll talk about <laughs> something later. But um, anyway, uh, the uh, Mike Trout in the series you already talked about. It. He struck out seven straight times in the first game, but uh, he went 0 for 11 with nine strikeouts in the three game series. The at the Angels fanned 20 times uh, in the the series. Uh, I mean, sorry, Sunday and this was a, i believe this was a franchise ret- record for the Astros in a single game and if you're looking at what the Angels did the franchise record for how many ga- times they've sh- struck out in a single game before this it was 18 so congratulations angels you set a new franchise record G- good job you know and, this
0: yeah, yeah i mean and you know this is this is what is just so strange about this organization you have got perennial powers, power bats. You've got someone like Shohei Otani. I mean, you've got star power. You just don't have staying power. You remember Joe Madden, the former manager, said we're right there with the Astros. The only time they've ever been right there with the Astros is when the game was two to two or when they were winning two to nothing. Right. I mean the Astros just have the West and oh my gosh, we'll talk about it later. We have I got have a quite a soft to... yeah. we we have a soft schedule the rest of the month. And it's like, like someone just said, the Astros may never lose another game. I don't know if that's realistic, <laughs> but it, it seems like once you go seven and two at both New York teams, and then you're playing a fluff like this, you know what? You got to keep your pedal to the metal because now people are coming for you.
1: Yeah. So if you look at what Bob Gale said, he said that the Astros set a major league record for 48 strikeouts in the three game series versus angels with, without extra innings i know the astros did um they had 52 strikeouts in the three game series um, in 2016 i believe it, but that was uh, with the extra inning game with um uh, 13 inning game this yeah. is with nine in uh, games game so we it. had we had christian javier uh, what do he have what 13 strikeouts or 14 strikeouts himself yeah and then you yes. had um, you had um, from Valdez today, and the first uh, few innings he looked a little wild. I, I saw a comment from Chandler Rome. You know how super positive he is, uh, but he yeah. was like, "Oh yeah, Framar Valdez is struggling with command today." And then he finishes with what the thirteen, 13 strikeouts. Thirteen strikeouts. Yeah, thirteen and strikeouts. So, That's- yeah, it's just amazing how good the staff is. And uh, we have some stats on Framer Valdez. Uh, he's recorded a quality start in his last 13 games, which is the longest streak in the majors. And Wandy Rodriguez, uh, actually, the all-time list for the Astros is Justin Verlander with 15 in 2018. Wandy Rodriguez, of all people, had 14 in 2010. And now Framer Valdez is tied with Dallas Keuchel in 2016, with 13 for the third most. So, do you yeah. think that um, Framer Valdez can catch up to Justin Verlander? And
0: easily, Framer, Framer Valdez has—he's in an absolute groove. And this schedule, Eric—I mean, hello—we just gave you the evidence you needed. You know, on top of that, you got Christian Javier, who literally threw like a no hitter. Then he comes into this game that that he played this series when the Astros won eight to one. He had 14 strikeouts and only gave up one hit. This, this rotation, Eric, this rotation is set. And um, I'll tell you right now, if Lance McCullers comes back and they're able to stretch him out into a starter, you have, you have Verlander, you have McCullers, you have Valdez, and you have Javier, okay? And you have well, see Garcia, Framber, um, Chris Navier. Justin Verlander, man, you may just want to go with the four-man. McCullers may end up in the pen. If these guys are pitching this well, McCullers, I mean, what do you think? Do you um, think they how would about put Garcia?
1: Opener. How about have McCullers as an opener and then have somebody like Erkitty be the long man or something like that?
0: You could. I'm just saying, I mean, we, we've we got to have the deepest pitching staff right now on all of baseball. And we still have Odorizzi. We still have... Hey, we haven't talked you know, about that yet. I know, but I'm just saying, but is Oterizzi, like? Is Rizzi someone that you put on the market and dangle his trade bait if he comes back and pitches a few good games?
1: Here we go again, Brett. Always trying to trade uh, Jake Odorizzi. <laughs> You've got to build your pitching rotation because it's a long season. You've got to build it. And speaking of building, let's talk about Bilt Bar.
0: Okay, so... I hope he's taking built bars because I'm not saying I want him to leave, but man, if I could get, I don't know, we'll just talk about built bars. Coconut Brownie Chunk Puff. That sounds like a mouthful. Well, it is because they're that good. And if you go out to the store, you can find probably decadent chocolate desserts that you like, but they're chock full of calories. They're not even good for you. So why waste your time? Go grab this coconut Brownie Chunk built bar flavor that you love is deliciously chewy marshmallow covered in hundred percent real chocolate. And it's fluffy cloud of coconut brownie goodness. This is high in protein. The protein is collagen protein, which means your body absorbs it more efficiently. That means it's better for you. These proteins don't taste like proteins. It tastes like a candy bar. It's amazing. It's guilt-free because they're actually good for you. It's a perfect treat when you're, when you got a craving, you need to satisfy. Maybe Ryan Tapera could, he could probably use like a case of built bars. This guy's terrible. Um, delicious coconut, rich, sweet brownie, creamy marshmallow. Stop fantasizing. I know what you're thinking. Just go to built.com. Grab a box of coconut brownie chunk built puffs right now. Go to built.com and use the promo code lock15 for 15% off your order. Use the promo code lock15 at built.com.
1: All right, I'm seeing a lot of comments that are agreeing to me. They're saying that death is never a bad thing. Uh, you don't know what's going to happen. Also, there's a couple people that are saying that you should trade Jacob de and I think that the that Dusty Baker is going with the six man rotation for now, and we will be seeing Jacob de make his return to the mound on Monday, and most likely we talked about this per, uh, before the show. It has not been announced. But uh, Enoli Paredes, um, he he's uh, made pitched in three games. He struggled a little bit with uh, command. He has three walks in those three games, but uh, he has looked decent. He has three He's looked outs. better in his
0: yeah. in in his last two outings, his last two innings. He pitched. He looked really good. You know, he ended the game. Him and Corey Lee are used to pitching and catching each other, and so like afterwards, they do the little celebratory like they're punching each other in the gut, and they look like they have chemistry. But apparently. Maldonado has been has been talking with um, Corey Lee. Corey Lee's been following him around, and I'll let you talk about some of the quotes that he has about different things that he done. Maldonado, a key to winning this series. I mean, he had two tanks the other day. I mean, he's you know he's hustling down the baseline. He's doing stuff that no other catcher's doing. But let me just let me just kind of take a little caveat here. When I interviewed Luke Berryhill, he told us a little over a week ago the Astros had all the double-A AA and triple-A catchers come up to Minute Maid Park. They met with Maldonado and Castro and the analytics team, and they talked to them about calling games, about studying film, about game plans. And people say, well, why is Maldonado still on this team? He has a ton of value. So while you may say, Brett, why do you want to trade Odorizzi? I'm just saying it may be an option. if he If you're going to trade somebody, he may be the guy – that you trade, or or Keity, because they said they would trade a starting pitcher for a center fielder. Right. That was James Clifford's not mine. But with Maldonado, you have him on this team because he serves a deeper meaning. This guy has a special ability and a talent to rally the troops. And when your brain behind the operations is him, I do think, though, Eric, I do think Corey Lee eventually needs to get more playing time. There needs to be more of a 60-40 split because if you're going to have him up there and sit in the bench, it's not going to do any good to pinch hit him every fourth or fifth game or every second or third game.
1: Right. So I think that what we're going to see is Jake Brissett make his return tomorrow, and he's missed 42 games after injuring his ankle. And for him to return this um, this early is awesome. Um, they're going to the Astros are going to use a six man rotation. They're actually pushing Justin Ber- Verlander back uh, because. Um, He's pitched a lot of innings uh, this year, Dusty Baker said, and I've warned about this on the podcast. I said, well, what happens when he gets to a certain amount of innings? They're going to start pushing his starts back. And so uh, they're going to go to a (laughs) six-man rotation. Uh, So um, this is something that they're going to do to kind of save some innings because they need Justin as much as they need him for the regular season. They have a, what, a 13 and a half game lead. Uh, they need Justin Verlander for a playoffs. That's when they need him crisp. So they're going to push him back to Thursday instead of Monday. Cause he was supposed to pitch on normal rest on Monday, but uh, Jacob Rizzi is going to do there. And uh, I heard it on the grapevine that, um, that Corey Lee and Odorizzi Rizzi were having a deep conversation. So me thinks that Corey Lee is going to get the start and uh, I don't know. Or maybe
0: one. they were just trying to figure out the next Wordle puzzle because that seems to be all the craze deal.
1: Okay, but um, <laughs> here's something else. I think uh, Odorizzi made a start in Sugarland, right?
0: He did. He did. I was there. And uh, Corey, who started? Uh, oh, that game. Actually, I don't think I don't think Corey Lee started that game. I think it was okay. Yonder Diaz. Okay. Darn it. I think Corey Lee was DH. Yeah, nice You see where I, I was trying try to. to go there. <laughs> I see what you're but here's the thing. He was in Sugarland, so you know he talked with the catcher. Yeah. You know he talked with Corey Lee. Um, yeah, I believe, I mean, I could go back and look at the box score, but I'm pretty sure he let off at DH that game because I just expect him to be catchy. I was like, wait, why is he not catching? Oh, look on the scoreboard, he's DH. Um, but you know, Eric, this 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 game, this series, this sweep. And I know it's the angels. I know it's the lowly angels. You know, they have a lot of players and a lot of mm-hmm. managers that are have been suspended. It's still great for them to complete the sweep.
1: Right. Yeah. I don't go too far away from catching situation because we do yeah. got to talk about Malinato. And Malinato Definitely. said he's trying to get Corey Lee brought into game planning and communication with analytics crew and the pitching um, staff. And he said, I feel like I have a kid following me. I think that's a guy that ha- that's going to have a, a future here. And so what he's doing is what I thought Jason Castro would be doing is grooming him, grooming him to be the next Martin Maldonado. But, uh, but as Martin Maldonado said, he's not paid to hit. He's paid to play defense. But hopefully Corey Lee is paid to hit because uh, this well, guy.
0: Any catcher other than Maldonado is expected to hit better than Maldonado. I mean, I know Maldonado got the two tanks, But get this, Eric. Do you know, do you know how many hits Maldonado has on the year when he got those two home runs? No. Okay, he has he had twenty six hits. You know how many of his of his of his hits are home runs? No. He has six home runs. So if it's twenty six hits, six are home runs. That's a pretty amazing clip. If Martín Maldonado could get like realistically one hundred hits. Okay, He could have 24 home runs on the season. Imagine that. Imagine, imagine Martin Maldonado having 24 home runs. He could be the catching version of Chris Carter.
1: I wonder what the, uh, the Maldonado haters would think about this. So um, I want to go and put something up here right now. Yeah. Thoughts by Dusty. All right, this is Dusty Baker on Martin Maldonado. He's my field general. He studies like crazy. We have a game plan, and Maldi has a backup game plan. He has pride in how he catches our pitchers. Do uh, Everybody wants a Johnny Bench, but how many offensive great catch-and-throw guys are there? Those guys are hard to find. So basically what he's saying is there's not a lot of great offensive guys out there uh, you don't have a lot of JT real out there. You have a uh, you want a guy if he can't hit, you want him to be a good um, game caller, a good uh, defensive guy. And he's his field general. I love that quote, the field general. And uh, I just love all the comments after the uh, Maldonado said they didn't pay me to hit. They paid me to play defense. And so speaking of playing defense, we got to talk about this awesome play today. Apparently earlier this season, uh, I guess when they're playing the Tigers, uh, this is what uh, Malnado said. uh, We had a chance earlier this year with Javier Baez in a uh, similar situation and we didn't make it. I'm excited. I even called the replay, he said with, with a smile. Jose Altuve always sees me. I feel like it's more for a right-handed hitter. Yuli uh, Gurriel is way far off. The runners always take a big turn over there. I got sneaky on that one. And so for those of y'all that didn't see it, the it was a hit by Taylor Turner, right? And no, Taylor Ward. You Taylor keep calling Ward, him Taylor. <laughs> whatever. But Taylor Ward. And so, uh, but um, then uh, Kyle Tucker threw it to Jose Altuve. And then Jose Altuve was like doing this. And then uh, Taylor Ward was like, uh, what what's you want me to catch it and he didn't know that martin malonado was right behind him and so then Maldonado was right there and caught the ball and then uh tagged him and so at first they called him safe i believe and then they had to do a replay and uh that was just an awesome play and Maldonado said that he's wanted to do this play he's he's waited his whole career to do this sneak play at first base. And he finally got it. And Dusty Baker said he's never seen that play that Martin Maronado did at first base before. Uh, And he said that Martin's told him that he's been waiting his whole career to do that. And so that was just awesome. No, that was
0: was phenomenal. That was a heads-up play. I remember growing up, we would have a couple plays, like when you have your guy on first and third, and you have the guy stealing. You know, he always goes on the first pitch, right?
1: Mm -hmm. Our
0: play was I was a shortstop. I would sneak in between the pitcher and second, and the catcher comes up firing like he's throwing a second. Well, I intercept the ball between the pitcher's mound and second, and I throw it home, and we would get him out every time we did it. Now, you can only pull it once on a team. And more than likely, you only pull it twice in, a year, twice in a season because after you do it twice, everybody knows you're going to do it because everybody talks. Um, so something like that was always cool. We always wanted to do the hidden ball trick, but there's all these mound regulations. So trick plays and things like that are really hard to coordinate, and they're very rare. But his baseball IQ, Eric, is off the charts, and right. he is so respected in the clubhouse. And what better person to have Corey Lee, you know, learning from than Martín Maldonado? And it's like you said, you know, Martín Maldonado said he feels like he he feels like there's there's a little kid following him around, like how to do things. You know, he probably Water, feels like.
1: Can I have some more, sir? Yeah. some more well, information, it's kinda like
0: huh? It's kind of like growing up when um, when I was an Astros buddy, I remember going on the on the Astrodome field and listening to Jose Cruz, you know, telling us how to catch fly balls. And then Bill Dorn, how to, you know, how to how to take how to take ground balls. And it was so cool. It's like we could walk around with them on the field. We were kind of like their little like their little followers. And that's but Corey Lee is a student of the game, um, interacted with him several times at, um, at at Constellation Field. He's one of the most humble kids he is he is one of the one of the hardest workers on this team and i think he definitely definitely deserves um a look right here keith Con- um conklin says yankee fan here i'm hoping for a long playoff series with you guys all games so far have been fun good luck hey man thanks for showing up we appreciate you listening to the show and i actually you know i actually had some really good interactions with yankees fans at the stadium Eric, um I talked to a, a to a father and a son who the father grew up on the streets of Brooklyn. His dad was a construction worker. He's a he's like a general foreman. And this dude had the thick Brooklyn accent and just it was it was great. I kind of had to defend him a little bit. They were getting harassed pretty hardcore by some Astros fans. I said, look, not Astro not 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 all Astros fans spell Astros with two S's. That's what those guys were acting like. Don't listen to them. That's not us. I'm like, oh yeah, we know. But we talked baseball, and I said, we'll see you guys in October. As the Yankees were leaving, Eric, when I was at that game, um, all the pitchers and all the rookies, everybody was bringing all the equipment out of the bullpen. Uh-huh. I said, I said, hey, hey, and I kind of got one of the attention. I don't know who it was. I said, we'll see you in October, and he just grinned and like shook his head. There was a lot of fun interaction with the fans and Stanton and Judge, and I talked about that during the week. Um, If the Yankees and Astros aren't in the ALCS, for me, it will be be an absolute disappointment because I think they are the two best teams. It doesn't mean other teams won't compete. It doesn't mean that other teams won't push the limits with these teams, but they're clearly the best two teams in the AL. I think the Astros have the most complete team, to be quite honest with you.
1: Oh, the Yankees. um, A lot of people think that this is as good as the teams as their dynasty year. So uh, we'll see how it all uh, wonders. And I wonder what Bet Online is saying about this. But I'm going to bet on the fact that the Astros are going to get a lot of wins because until the All-Star break, their schedule is pretty, pretty weak.
0: That's right. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's NHL playoffs and Major League Baseball. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information, including live betting and eSports. BetOnline.net remains the best spot for podcast scores, everything else. The fastest and easiest way to check out all your favorite sporting events, MMA, boxing, golf, F1, whatever it is, head to the website today and use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet Online where the game starts.
1: Alrighty. When you want to check out your podcast scores, what the Locked On Astros podcast score is versus the Locked On Yankees score is, go check out Bet Online. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, No, yeah, you know, well, no, <laughs> hey, we
0: we've actually had we've actually had fans from other teams come in and hang out with us and Um, it's always a pleasant experience. We, we welcome anybody who's a fan of any team. So whether you're listening by audio or you're watching this playback or you're watching live, please continue to hang out with us because the more people that come in, it's more of a party for us. Eric. Hey dude, I just want to say this. I'm glad you're back, but dude, I'm, I'm going on vacation this week. So I'm going to bolt after this show for a few (laughs) days because I've got to, I've got to take some downtime, but man, um, I know we miss you. I know every, every show people are like, where's Eric? Where's Eric? So uh, I'm, it dude it's uh, good to have you back on the mic
1: yeah and definitely uh, if we're looking at the schedule if you're looking at next 12 games we have Kansas City then Oakland then Angels and Oakland so <laughs> where are you going to find a loss in that
0: you know i mean i i picked the Astros to go 16 and 9 in in june and they did okay um and so I need to sit down and and make my prediction. I will I'll make a prediction at the end of the show how many wins the Astros will have at the end of the season. Um I'll yeah. look at it and I will I I'll I'll put my money where my mouth is, all
1: right? According there there's a website called Tankathon and um the Astros have the easiest strength of schedule remaining for the entire season. They have 16 games left against the Ace four versus the Royals and three versus the Tigers. And so um, that's what they're going off of. So based on that, the Astros probably are going to, they already have a three, 13 and a half game lead in AL West. It's July 3rd. This is just crazy. I mean, weren't we complaining earlier? Like, where's the offense? Where is, why are they in third place? Why are they in fourth place? And all of a sudden, boom. It's just a whole different team and it's just like, well, it, you got to no, wait go ahead, for it. Go ahead. You got to wait for it. And, uh, uh, Jeff was asking, I think, or somebody was asking about when, um, Corey Lee is going to start. Um, I think that, or somebody was asking about that. I think that Corey Lee, my prediction is he may start uh, with Jake Rizzi. I think that, um, I think that could happen. Uh, so uh, maybe because uh, they're involved in a deep, deep conversation. So I think Odorizzi was saying, okay, Rook, this is what I throw. Um, you saw me throw in Sugar Land, so let's give this a shot. And so who who would you bet rather throw to Corey Lee? Somebody uh, like a veteran, guys, not somebody like – Kristen Javier is well. – um, kind of young and if I don't think if you Castro
0: him Verlander. Okay. Well, Castro has been Verlander's catcher. Castro's on the IL. And if you let Martín Maldonado, you just put, I think you could put him with an Urquiti more than you would a Javier because of the speed and the break of his pitches. I think Javier has got more movement on his invisible might be a lot, a lot harder Maybe. to pick up. Um, Urquidy doesn't have as much velocity as, as Javier. And you, you know, I remember um us asking Javier Bracamante who he would rather catch, you know, Garrett Cole or Andre Scrub or Lance McCullers. And he said, I would rather catch the guy that throws a hundred but throws straight fastballs than the guy who throws hard breaking balls. And so maybe Urquidy is probably more conditioned of a pitcher yeah. to pitch to Corey Lee. But since since Castro is out. And I, I kind of made this little, I put this out there. What if we never see Jason Castro catch again in Astros uniform? Dun, what dun, if dun. this was, what if this was his send off? He hits a walk off in New York and Queens in city field. That's his last heroic attempt at, you know, at being an Astro and the Astros just let him, you know, they pay him the rest of his salary and he retires. I mean, honestly, I, I I hate to think that about a player, but Corey Leagues can't be up here just wasting time. Right. And he had a sore left knee, like right after he got a right after he got a game winning hit. I, it just, it, I just have. Are questions. you
1: saying he's going out out on top? Are you? are yes. saying Brett.
0: I'm saying that one thousand percent. Yes, that's what I'm saying. <laughs>
1: All righty. So I guess we got to talk about some big moment at the end of the game. And Jeremy Pena said that this game was definitely up there with his best games and of his young career. It was his first career multi-home run game and also his first career four-hit game. And since he's come back, he's hit in uh, second And this is the spot that we have talked about all season. Should he be hitting and um, a second and I know yeah higher and I I think that um, that's been Michael Brantley's kind of spot but since he's hit the IL this is something that Dusty Baker felt like okay well let me give the kid a shot and so far he's been doing pretty good I believe you had the stats um, earlier you sent me earlier about what he's done since that but uh, but the Astros they won they're 51 and 27 Jeremy Pena walked it off. He had two home runs today. Uh, but Jeremy Pena on that situation, would Ryan Tapera pitch to him and with the runner on first with two outs? And he said, well, I have Jordan Alvarez hitting behind me, so I knew he was going to pitch to me. He don't want to f- pitch to Jordan. So yeah,
0: true. No, that's true. Um, So so Jeremy Pena since June 28th is hitting two ninety two, seven hits, two home runs, three RBIs, five runs scored in the five games since June 28th. So, I mean, the kid's back. The kid, I think, takes command again of the number one um, vote getter for the rookie of the year. I would be surprised if anybody else leapfrogged him. I know Julio Rodriguez has heated up a little bit, but he doesn't make the splash who what other rookie has two walk off home runs to Dead Center field? I was at that first one um saw that live that was amazing, you know, and it was almost the exact same hit Eric. It was almost the exact same hit. I knew you were gonna say
1: that, so I have some stats for you. go ahead, Julio Rodriguez with the Mariners. He's first uh, among rookies with 14 home runs. He's first uh, with RBIs with 41. He's first with stolen bases with uh, 20. He's first with OPS with 820. He's first with uh, slugging with 483. He's first with hits with 83. He's first with extra base hits with 32. He's first with runs scored. He's first with total bases with 145s. So he's lead 10. Yes. Uh, He's uh, first with WRC plus with 134. And the big one he's first in is the F war uh, war with 2.6. So, yes. Okay. So he's
0: he's flipped a little bit and that the injury or being out for a couple of days probably didn't help him any. But I really think that Jeremy Pena, now that he's hitting higher, you're going to see more success for him. And he's going to have a lot of opportunities
1: behind him, but also I think Bregman's going to kind of go back to that uh, three hole once um, he's not uh, off for today. And uh, well, Bregman's no, uh, okay, yeah.
0: Bregman, hey, this was Bregman, just a day off yeah. when he the other day I I led the show with he's back, you know, because he just gosh he barely missed a grand slam in that one game. I mean, good lord, what a, what a shot! Bregman really has has hit his stride. He looks confident. Yuli Gurriel, although he's not lighting the world on fire, he's getting hits. He he leads the league in doubles. I mean, this guy's still very good with this glove. I'm not ready to walk out on Yuli Gurriel like like most people are. And this is what we have to realize as an Astros fan base. We're never going to tell you how to cheer for the team or what you should think. That, that's not our job. But I think that we have to learn to temper our expectations, realizing that it's not all success and not all failures mean that failures are going to continue. I mean, whenever a team – now, one of the concerns, though, with this team are all the ducks on the pond they left this series. They left a lot of runners on base. And I think in a closer, tight series in the playoffs against a better team, that will be more, more consequential, of course. But I think those things will work themselves out. This team has the pitching that if you score four runs, they should win a game. This team has the pitching that if you only put two across the plate and use Strand 11 runners, you should be able to win two to nothing or two to one. That's how good this pitching is. But come playoff time, if the pitching isn't on, the left-on-base numbers have to go drastically down or it's going to have an adverse effect. When you light the world on fire in the regular season – and you sputter through the offseason because the offseason is a whole different ballgame. I yeah. mean, the, the postseason, not offseason. The postseason is a whole different ballgame.
1: Yeah, for sure. And it's something the Astros are looking at right now when they're kind of pushing Verlander back uh, to Thursday. So let's kind of look at what the schedule is for, like, who's going to be pitching. It's going to be uh, – where is it? I just had it. Um, it's going to be uh, Odorizzi on Monday. And then you're going to see – oh, I have some – let me just pull this up. <laughs> then it's going to be uh, Luis Garcia on Tuesday. Then it's going to be the uh, flamethrower Christian Javier, who d- deserves to be a starter. And then you have Justin Verlander on Thursday. So let's take a brief look at um, tomorrow's game. It's a uh, okay. 3:10 uh, our start. It's – um. by the way, ha- happy 4th of July uh, if you're watching this uh, tomorrow. Uh, hopefully, you have a you get to see some fireworks and celebrate the nation's um, Independence Day. And I guess I don't know if it, if you like to watch the movie Independence Day. But that's something I like to do sometimes. But uh, <laughs> uh, Will Smith, uh, I mean, when he's not slapping p- people, he makes pretty good movies. Wow! Right Keep my <laughs> but- country out your mouth. <laughs> anyway, uh, but uh, the Sorry. Astros will be facing Jonathan Heasley. Uh, he's one and four with a five point twenty ERA uh, with thirty five strikeouts. jake deRizzi is making his uh, big ret- uh, return from looking like he's going to be out for the season. Uh, he's three and two with a three thirteen ERA mm. with twenty one strikeouts. If you're looking at who's had success, uh, of course, he's faced them a lot. Um, you have uh, Whit Mayfield batting four fifty eight, three home runs. Ryan O'Hearn with uh, four twenty nine. Then uh, you have Nicky Lopez four seventeen, and um, one Hunter Dozier has a home run against him. Uh, John, yeah, Thin- I would, Go. I would say
0: Andrew Andrew Benintendi is batting three thirty three against him. He's having a year like he's having an MVP caliber year at the plate. Um, Ben attendee has become the player that Boston wanted him to be. So he's, you know, watch out for him. He's a guy that's in a lot of trade talks right now.
1: Yeah. Uh, Heasley did face the Astros earlier this year. He did pitch six innings. He gave up three runs, had five strikeouts, two walks and like the six innings, uh, he did get the mm-hmm. loss in that game. So, um, Overall, he didn't pitch terrible, but he did get the loss because the Royals are just not a great team. Uh, so if you're looking at what the Astros have done against Easley, uh, Kyle Tucker has a home run batting .500. Then you have Jeremy Pena batting five hundred And then you have Alvarez, of course, batting 667 against him in three at-bats. So this is all one game. So they pretty much yeah. uh, they didn't crush him. But they did enough to kind of um, get the W in that game. And so the Astros look to continue the hot hitting. I mean, the Angels, even though they're, they're not doing well, they're still a decent team. Well, Why did so- you say
0: it like that? Why did you say it with such trepidation in your voice? Look, oh. the Angel. no, okay. Let's just say it. The Angels are Mike Trout and Shohei Otani and the rest. I'm sorry. Sorry, Walsh, Marsh, Stassi, wh- whoever else you got, not impressed. Thor, not, not impressed. You, The Angels are Otani and Trout. That is the problem with this organization. They don't have a baseball team. They have two great baseball players. And both of them are probably going to win the co-MVP, which is total BS. I don't think an MVP should come from a team like the Angels because they don't make the Angels better. Well, it may, maybe it's not their fault. But I think a most valuable player makes a team better. Jordan Alvarez makes the Astros better. Jordan Alvarez's home runs and hits are difference makers. Mike Trout, Otani, and Marsh go back to back to back, and they lose nine to four. They don't deserve an MVP award. I don't care that Mike Trout is today's Mickey Mantle, whatever. Okay, Jordan Alvarez and Aaron Judge have had more effect on games and deserve the MVP. More than Otani and Trout do. Give Otani a Cy Young. Give Otani a whatever award. Don't don't give him the MVP award again. He doesn't give deserve him a it
1: best two way player.
0: There you we go. Have there you best
1: go. O- Shohei Otani award and it goes we to can, Shohei Otani.
0: The it, Shohei Otani award. Oh, so here no, no, uh, right call, now, call what? it the
1: Babe Ruth award.
0: The ba- oh, here you go, the Babe Ruth award. Eric called it. All right, so we'll hey, I'll I'll create one on Canva. Fun question. Something out there says, who is your favorite pitcher, Astros pitcher right now? My favorite Astros pitcher is Rafael Montero. I absolutely love this guy. Every time I'm at a game, I'm in the Authentic Shop looking for a Rafael Montero jersey. If anybody comes across one, please DM me and let me know. I love Rafael Montero. He's my favorite pitcher. Um, I think Stanek is a close second. Not just because we had him on the show, but for what he's done this year. I love those two guys. I think the bullpen has been an integral part that doesn't get talked about enough. But why don't they get talked about enough? Because the starters have been phenomenal. Eric, I I mean, what we've been watching these last 10, 15 games, I mean, they're constantly going six, seven innings, striking out double digits. This team can't be stopped right now. It is absolutely unbelievable. Absolutely unbelievable. Oh, hey, look at this. Check this out. We got a fan of ours from, she is listening from Louisiana. I actually sent her some magnets um, and she, she loves our show. She watches us. Happy Independence Day to you too. Thank you for watching online. We appreciate your support.
1: Alrighty. So, with that being said, um, I don't know when I'm going to do the podcast. Um, I'm going to be watching some fireworks tomorrow, so we'll see what happens. Uh, but until then, uh, Ghost Rose and um, I'll be uh, hosting solo this week. I'll try to get some guests, and I think uh, we're working. I'm working on a or Brett's working on a big uh, guest for this week. Um, so we'll see what's happening with that. But uh, Brett, enjoy some R and R spend some time with your family and I'll yeah. see you on the 10th and, um, just, just spend some time away from the podcast. I got oh Yeah. It.
0: Trust me. Yeah, man, I got you. Let me just say this. Let me just say to all our listeners, thank you so much from the bottom of my heart. These last two weeks have been phenomenal. i um, helping the show stay alive while Eric was gone. You guys are great. Um, just happy independence day. I'm so, I'm so proud of this country. I'm so proud to be an American. Um, I've been all over the world, and I, I just think we're, I think we're so blessed to have everything that we have here. So thank you so much. Go USA. I'm, I'm always USA number one. And at, at the end of the day, I love doing this show. You guys pushed us into the top 25 this week in the charts. I mean, phenomenal, phenomenal from you guys and all the new listeners that I met, all the people I met at the game. Thank you all so much for the positive words that you had to say about myself and Eric. Um, We couldn't do it without y'all. So thank you so much. I'm going to go relax. I'm not going to be on this podcast. I'm not even going to be on Twitter. I'm getting away from social. I'm just going to go hang out with the fam, and I may catch some baseball out of town. So anyways, y'all have a good one. Thank y'all so much.
1: All right, that's all we got for this edition of Locked on Astros Podcast. Make sure you go subscribe to us on YouTube and make sure you give us a thumbs up. And uh, go ahead and just make us your first listen on Apple, Odyssey, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcasts. Check out the Locked on Astros Podcast, and I will see you tomorrow. Go Stros.